Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listen to Spurs Cast, episode 539. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. The San Antonio Spurs have taken a 2 1 series lead over the Denver Nuggets in the opening round of the playoffs, uh, where the Spurs got the game three win on Thursday night in San Antonio, 118 to 108. This is a very um, interesting game just because there was a little bit of ups and downs for the Spurs and also for the Nuggets but in the in the end the Spurs were the better team uh, on this night and they pulled away specifically Derek White was obviously the talk of the town uh, and just you know everywhere social media um, you know just around the city different things like that um, Derek White went to another level last night as he had a career career night type of performance so let's just do a quick little cap recap of this game uh, and then I'll go into the specifics about the Spurs' defense and offense and what to look forward to in game four on Saturday. Um, so the Spurs took an early lead by nine points in the first quarter. Denver kind of trimmed it a little bit. Then uh, as, as what's been happening as is a theme in this series is that coach pop takes out a few of the starters, specifically Derek White, DeMar DeRozan. Um, and then the be- a majority of the bench players come in, uh, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Marco Bellinelli to be specific. And the lead just falls apart and Denver second unit kind of outscores them. And so to begin the second quarter, Derek White was on the bench uh, and the, the Nuggets opened the second quarter with a 16-0 run uh, to, start the 20, to, to start the second quarter. Um, they end, ended up leading by 10 kind of midway through. Derek White comes back in. Coach Pop puts him back into the game. And, of course, the Spurs play well. They outscored Denver 30-20 going into halftime so that the Spurs um, have the lead going into, into the half. Then the third quarter begins. Again, the Spurs starters play well. They, they build a nine-point lead. Uh, Derek White goes out of the game, and then Denver comes within four um, right before the uh, the fourth quarter begins. In the fourth quarter, what Pop did differently on this night compared to game two was that he actually started Derek White in the fourth. So he gave him a little bit of a break, about a, a five- to seven-minute break. Um, and then the fourth quarter begins, and Derek White actually starts that. And because of that, the Spurs are able to keep their balance on both ends. They end up, um, you know, playing well against against Denver in the fourth, uh, kind of building uh, building their lead up, and then uh, you know basically it just it, San Antonio just takes control in that fourth quarter where they outscore them um, thirty to twenty four, and the Spurs actually built a twenty point lead. And so you know by the end of it, you, with like three minutes left, it was pretty much an over the game. Uh, you know Malone and and Pop kind of took out a lot of their starters, and then you know Denver made a little run there at the end to cut it to ten. But like like Coach Malone said, it was a twenty point game basically midway through the fourth. Uh, that's when San Antonio really took control. So the uh, Spurs do have that now that 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 um, two one series lead being the seven seed being the underdog they're now they're now a favorite to win the series as I'll get into some of those numbers um, toward the end of this episode so let's begin uh, how I always begin which is on the defensive end for the Spurs because that is their most crucial part of, of whether or not they're going to win ball games is how well they play defense 
So let's begin closest to the, to the, the, the easiest place to get points from, which is the paint and then also the free throw line. Uh, the Spurs did a great job limiting Denver's attempts at the rim. Denver uh, was they only shot 23% of their shots came from the rim, which is about 12% below their, their, their average during the year. Uh, they shot well at the rim, though, when they did get there, which is they shot 80% at the, at the, at the rim. But again, it's in San Antonio's benefit, they actually didn't put Denver, let, let them get to the rim that much. Um, free throw rate. Also, Denver didn't get many free throw attempts. Uh, it was a very low number from 17.7 uh, free throws made per 100 field goal, field goal attempts in the regular season to all the way down to 11.8 in this game. Um, looking at the mid range, uh, the Spurs, the Spurs uh, uh, forced Denver to take a lot of their shots from mid range. Almost half their shots came from mid range. The Nuggets took 46 percent of their shots from that mid range area which is a good thing for San Antonio because that's what basically what they want teams to do. They say they're going to give up the mid-range and say, hey, try to beat us from the two like us, like like, like the way we like to shoot, and then see if you can make that. And uh, Denver shot about their season average from mid-range. That wasn't too bad. Uh, from the three, this is, a, this is an area um, of, of concern for San Antonio, I think, just in terms of accuracy for Denver. So in terms of frequency, the Nuggets only took 31% of their shots came from three, which is like 1% below their, 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 their frequency average. However, they did shoot forty-eight percent from three. They were they were really they, they were they played they shot very well from three uh, throughout the night. And if you're the Spurs, I guess that was kind of the give and take was that we're going to take you away from the from the rim and away from the free throw line, the, all those easy points. But we are going to um, you know in in a way you have to sacrifice something, and, and that ended up being those jump shots from three. So when the Nuggets did take threes, uh, they made fifteen of them. Uh, Jokic made three. Gary Harris made two, Jamal Murray made two, and then off the bench, of course, was Malik Beasley right on fire, five of six from three, and then Torrey Craig was two of three. So again, that's something that a little bit that you do want to watch if you're the Spurs is that they did take, um, you know, they did shoot 48% from three, so that's something to watch if, if from Denver. Uh, in the half court, the Nuggets didn't really score very well there. Transitions, they're still continuing to kind of get on transition, so that's another area of adjustment for the Spurs is the Denver's frequency from transition, their percentage of plays is continuing to rise as the series has gone along. Um, you know, offensive rebounds, the Spurs did, did well in keeping them off the boards. Coach Malone was not very happy about that. Fast break points, like, like I mentioned with transition, Denver got 19 um, on the fa- on, on the Spurs, and the Spurs typically allow 14. Uh, a good stat, again, w- w- which is what I was watch- talking about, was the easy points. Um, when, when you combine the Spurs' allowed uh, paint points and allowed free throws made, the Nuggets only scored 51 combined from the paint and free throw line, and typically, San Antonio allows 62 from that, that range. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, p- points from three is something a little concerning that the Spurs typically allow 35 points from three to the opponent, and Denver scored 45. Um, so, again, you know, it, it just goes back to the Spurs' defense. They played very well against the Nuggets players. Again, making them take more jumpers, relying on the, those jump shots rather than giving them easy attempts at the rim. Uh, a lot of that was due to, like, of course, Derek White, his, his defense out on the perimeter from the beginning. Uh, then you got LaMarcus Aldridge. You got Jakob Pertl right there manning the paint, kind of deterring players from getting inside. Uh, so their responsibility for that on Denver. Let's look at Denver's go-to players uh, who, who, normally during the season, how they played in this one. Nikola Jokic scored 22 points. He, uh, he he also provided seven assists on offense, two offensive rebounds, one turnover, shot 57% from the floor. So while Jokic's numbers look pretty good, you have to go back and look at, when you actually watch the tape, you have to look at what the Spurs did in this game compared to the other games um, specifically. And in this game, Pop wanted to, he even talked about after the game, he wanted to uh, allow Jakob Pertl to guard Jokic more so one-on-one. And he'll kind of live with that with Jokic making some threes on, on those um, dropbacks from Pertl to protect the rim. And Jokic kind of just getting, if, if he's going to score in those one-on-one scenarios, it's got to be a tough contested shot over Pertl. And that was the case for Jokic, even though he finished with 20, 22 points. 
So that looks like something that the Spurs may continue to do as long as uh, Pirtle can stay out of, out of getting in foul trouble. So he didn't collect four fouls last night, but the timing was, wasn't too, too bad outside of the first quarter, I think, where he got himself in some early foul trouble. So if Pirtle can kind of keep his, his fouling down in terms of per quarter, how many he's getting, and not putting himself in a situation where he gets too many more than the quarter allows, um, then I think he's going to be okay and Spurs will be okay in terms of of, uh, of guarding Pirtle because like Pop said, you got to pick your poison with him. If if you kind of back off him, then he becomes a playmaker who can kind of just, you know, pick you apart with his passing skills, you know, to threes, to, to cutters. But if you play on him one-on-one, well, then guess what? You're staying home on shooters. You're staying home on those cutters. And it gives all your other defenders a chance to uh, really hone in on, on the guy that they're guarding and not have to worry too much about getting beat back door with those cuts or, or getting, um, you know, screened off for open threes. So again, it's going to be very, very crucial for Jakob Pertl to continue playing this way. Uh, Coach Malone was very complimentary of him, saying that he's been, he's basically been very, very physical in this series on both ends. And so uh, Jakob had a really good game, um, you know, on both ends of the floor, specifically his defense though in guarding Jokic. Next player is uh, the Nuggets' next go-to player is Jamal Murray. He had a very not so good game after he after he was like the, the hero in game in game two for the Nuggets, where he scored twenty one of his twenty four in the fourth quarter. That did not carry over to San Antonio like me and Michael DeLeon thought that would. We thought that Murray would have a really high confidence, um, energy, you know, I mean, um, yeah, confidence level going into game three, game three, but that wasn't the case. He only finished with six points on two of six shooting, so the Spurs didn't really let him shoot at all. Uh, two assists and four turnovers. Um, you know, he just hasn't overall in the series. When you look at his numbers, he hasn't been very good for Denver. He's a when he's on, when he's on the floor, there are minus ten points per one hundred possessions. When he's off the floor, there are plus thirteen point one points per one hundred. So again, Murray not only did he get shredded by Derek by Derek White on, on, when Derek White was going at him, which I'm going to get into later on the on the defensive end, but then also on offense, he's really he didn't really provide a lot for Denver. He did make two threes, but you know those were more spot up looks that he didn't really create for himself that somebody else did for him. So. I guess, uh, you know, you, you, if you're the Spurs, you, you do think that he, as a young player, he is going to try to bounce back here after he had such a bad uh, Game 3 performance. So that's something to watch for, from Murray, probably being a little bit more aggressive uh, in Game number 4. Paul Millsap, the Spurs, is, I mean, the Nuggets' is third uh, playmaker, finishes with 14 points, um, 71% shooting from the floor, another good game from Millsap, one turnover. However... There's a, there's a little theme getting built here where he's kind of just getting his, his points mostly in the first and second quarter. So he finished with seven points in the first quarter of this game. Um, and, and if you look, he's not really creating a lot for others. So in a, in a way, that's a good thing for San Antonio. That sure, Millsap's having a pretty good series, but it's mainly off a lot of one-on-one play. And that's okay if he's not creating too much for other players. Um, that's the case for Millsap. So, so the Spurs did a pretty good job on him. He only had 14, which is just two points over his season average. Gary Harris, after scoring over 20 in each game, or scoring 20 in each game and above, uh, he finally had an off-shooting night. He finishes with 12 points, 4 of 13 shooting from the floor. Um, seven assists are a little concerning if you're the Spurs, just because he's not usually a playmaker, but now he's up to seven assists in this game. One offensive rebound and one turnover. Um Malik Beasley played very well for Denver uh, coming off the bench. 20 points, 5 of 6 shooting from 3, like I mentioned. 2 assists, 2 offensive rebounds, 1 turnover. He basically, you know, Marco Bellinelli is the guy guarding him, and he really just shredded him on, on either the half court or in the open court. He's played very well in the series, and Denver is really struggling with him off the floor. When he's off the floor, they're, they're a minus 15.5 points per 100. And then when he's on the floor, they're a plus 10.9 points per 100. So so Beasley's been really one of the standout players for Denver off the bench. And I'll get into some adjustments regarding him in a little bit. Also off the bench for Denver with a pretty good game was Monty Morris, uh, 10 points, 50% shooting from the floor. 
And normally 10 points is kind of what he averages in the season. So your scoring, his scoring is not too concerning if, if you're the Spurs defense. But what is concerning is that he had seven assists. So again, he's creating for others. He's getting to the teeth of the Spurs defense penetration. And he's able to kind of do what he wants and, and, and get other players involved. Uh, he also had one turnover. So without Morris on the floor, too, the Nuggets are a minus 7.8 points per 100. When he's on the floor, they're a plus 0.7 points per 100. So again, to, Denver kind of needs Morris and Beasley more on the floor. And, and the, the next guy I'm about to talk about is, is, is one of the adjustments that I think Denver's going to make, and that is Will Barton. Barton really hasn't had a good series. These, these are just his overall numbers through three games of the series. Nine of 31 from the floor, one of 13 from three. And you can just tell San Antonio's giving him open threes at this point because he just has no confidence. That, that shot is just not falling for him. Uh, he's three of eight from the free throw line, 22 points overall, 17 rebounds overall, four assists, and three turnovers in this series. When he's on the floor, the Nuggets are a minus 17.1 points per 100 possessions. When he is off the floor, the Nuggets are a plus 13.5. So right now on both ends, he just looks like 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 uh, Denver's most most uh, the stats show. He's the most negative player on the floor. That kind of matches the eye test. And Coach Malone, even before the game, was talking about how he still wants to kind of keep that confidence in Will. But now, after this performance... Coach Malone did mention that a starting lineup change might might have to occur. So it, so so um, just looking ahead to Game Four, I think that that's the that's the that's the swap you're going to see. Is you're going to see probably Malik Beasley possibly start for Barton or or um, yeah, I think it would have to be Malik Beasley. I was going to say Morris too, just because you have another playmaker, but he's just too small. The Spurs would hunt him down in mismatches on defense. So so I think that one of the expected um, adjustments that, that the Nuggets are going to try to make is uh, putting Beasley as the starter and, and possibly moving Will Barton to the bench. And there's some give and take there because uh, something I was talking to Mike Finger about from the Express News is that, you know, he mentioned how how if you do that, if you're Denver, you're going to take away a, a big strength of yours, which is that the, the Denver bench has just been better right now in the series against the Spurs. Is every time the Spurs go up, the starters, as I mentioned, Denver, it's been a theme now where Denver's second group kind of gets them back into the game or even takes the lead. So you're taking away some scoring from from um, from Barton when he's able to kind of just basically have his way against Bellinelli and Patty Mills. So, uh, you know, there's some give and take there, like I mentioned, um, if, if you take him out Beasley. However, with Barton now, maybe this is a way to, this is something Mike Finger also mentions, that maybe this is a way to bring his confidence up. Maybe him going against uh, uh, um, the second unit of the Spurs, where he's seen that, you know, Monty Morris and Malik Beasley can kind of get what they want against uh, Patty Mills and Marco Bellinelli. If that's the case, well, then, hey, maybe this will work for the Nuggets if they do indeed go with that route. And I, I know that the Denver wouldn't do it just yet, but something to watch too is just, you know, Jamal Murray and, and Morris's numbers kind of, you know, how, how much can Malone keep Murray at the, on the floor sometimes when he's not being that impactful compared to, to not to maybe uh, giving Morris more minutes because he's kind of played very well uh, against the Spurs, um, specifically their second unit. So again, pretty good uh, game for the Spurs overall defensively. They held them to 108, which is two points below. The Spurs is allowed season average in terms of points. Uh, they had two quarters, San Antonio, where they held an opponent below 25, which is always a stat to watch if, when you watch the Spurs' defense. Uh, and again, going into game four, the adjustments I think you got to watch if you're San Antonio is uh, really work on, again, focusing on getting back on defense. Uh, to those transition points, you want to try to limit them from Denver. You want to watch the just the type of threes that Denver's getting. So I know, I know that the Spurs are doing a great job in terms of not letting them have a lot of threes. But again, they are shooting pretty well from that from that distance and making sure that they're contested. And then lastly, I think that you got to watch to see what happens if if the Nuggets do make an adjustment in terms of taking Will Barton out of the starting lineup and replacing him with someone. You got to make sure that Barton now doesn't go off and get his confidence back by going off against the Spurs' bench if that's the case. So so again, um, that's the defense for the Spurs in this one. Let's move over to the Spurs' offense. They finished with 118 points. Um, 
You know, shots at the rim were obviously, you know, way more compared to what they're used to. Uh, the Spurs typically take 27% of their shots from the rim. In this game, that increased to 33% of their shots from the rim. And ma- mainly that's all due to Derek White's penetration. Uh, accuracy was also up from 66% of the season to now 79% in this one game. Free throws went up. Uh, and the Spurs typically get 19.4 of free throw rate. And it was up to 27.1. Some guys that were responsible for that. DeMar DeRozan, Michael Malone, Coach Malone has mentioned that he's been a problem for their defense. He's continuing to get to the line in this series. He shot 7 of 8 from the, floor, from the free throw line. Derek White, with his penetration, his slashing, he shot 5 of 6 from the free throw line. And then Rudy Gay, even though he didn't have a great shooting night, he only shot 25% from the floor overall. Rudy Gay was, a, again, a, a problem for the, for, the, for the defense of Denver in terms of getting to the free throw line, uh, which is 6 of 8 free throw. So if you're Rudy Gay and you're having a bad shooting night, that's a good thing to keep trying to be aggressive and get fouled um, you know, while, while you're out there on the, on the court. Um, like I mentioned, I mean, the Spurs' paint points really came a lot from Derek White. The Spurs scored 62 points in the paint during the season. They only scored 43. So you see almost a plus 20 gap there for the Spurs and increase in points in the paint. And, and Derek was just magnificent. You know, everybody talked about him. He had 24 of their 62 points in the paint, just kind of slashing, getting into the, the teeth of the defense. Um, on the secondary action and also out in the fast break. And then, you know, as his confidence got, got better, uh, you know, Rose, basically, he, he didn't care to take it at, at Millsap, at Jokic, at Mason Plumley. He was going to take it at anyone. And we saw him get rewarded with a few and one attempts in this game. In uh, a little bit, when I get to, to Derek's overall numbers, I'll kind of uh, talk about what I think the, the Nuggets will do to adjust and, 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 you know, how much of an adjustment they can make for White after he had 36 on them. Uh, Spurs is... Frequency from mid-range, it was about the same. You know, they shot 48% of their shots still came from mid-range. They didn't shoot it well, 40%. And again, just the fact that you have Derek playing so well and getting to the to the rim, having, having DeRozan shoot, shoot pretty well too, uh, in terms of not taking as many mid-range attempts. The Spurs, you know, they didn't really have to rely on their mid-range shooting like they typically do. They only had 12 points from the mid-range in this one. Uh, frequency from three is still low for the Spurs. Only 19% of their shots came from three. But again, you'll take the, the increase at the rim. Uh, they did shoot it pretty well, 39% from three. Two guys that shot well from three were Bryn Forbes, three of seven from three, and Marco Bellinelli off the bench with two of three from three. Uh, fast break points. The Spurs, you know, in terms of being at home, they played well. They got out on the open court. They scored 21 um, fast break points, which is high for them. They really made Denver pay on their turnovers. The Nuggets turned the ball over 13 times, and the Spurs scored 22 points off turnovers. So the Spurs' defense was very active, and when they when they made Denver turn the ball over, uh, they really made them pay for it with 22 points off turnovers. Uh, another area that, that was really um, high for San Antonio compared to their usual season averages was the offensive rebounding and second chance points. Typically, the Spurs grab nine offensive rebounds in a game. In this one, they grabbed 15 uh, second chance points. They put 18 extra second chance points on the scoreboard. Uh, players hel- helping them out in terms of getting second chance opportunities were DeMar DeRozan with two offensive boards. Yeah, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge at four. And then, of course, Jakob Pertl with five. He was just, you know, he, he was a, a huge X factor in this game um, on both ends for, for the Spurs on defense and offense. And then Rudy Gay also had um, three offensive rebounds. So let's get into some of the specific players, uh, the Spurs' playmakers and how they how they played. Uh, DeRozan finishes with 25 points, 50% shooting from the floor. Like I mentioned, eight free throw attempts, five assists, two offensive rebounds, and... No turnovers for DeRozan in this one. Something I looked at, you know, when you look at the shot chart and some of his some of his film is that he he really started being more aggressive in terms of taking a lot of his shots from the rim in this game. You know, he typically settles for a lot of mid-range looks like me and Mike talked about, like me and Colin talked about in the recent episodes. But in this game, he took very few shots from the mid-range. So he really feels, I think, that you're seeing a rise in DeRozan's confidence, maybe because it was at home. 
that he can get to the get to the free throw line or get a lot of his looks at the rim. And obviously, with Derek White's penetration, that really you know allows De- Demar to to kind of to penetrate a little bit more now that Denver has to worry about another uh, a slasher in Derek White. So so if DeRozan keeps that up, I mean, it's, it's really tough for, for the Denver to stop the the the. Um, the uh, Spurs, if that's the case. And again, too, something you want to watch is, you know, does Denver put one of their better defenders like Gary Harris on Derek White? Well, then that leaves DeRozan with either, um, you know, Murray or or Barton or, um, you know, if Michael B- uh, Malik Beasley starts, uh, that's something to watch, too, is that DeRozan really feels like he can get that no one can stop him on this team, in my opinion, is, is, is his confidence is very high uh, right now. LaMarcus Aldridge finishes with 18 points, 47% shooting from the floor, um, four offensive rebounds, five assists, and two turnovers. Again, a lot of his uh, his most efficient points did come you know near the basket when he was able to get the, those looks near the near the rim. Uh, didn't really settle too too much for for the outside shot, that mid range shot. He took a few threes, didn't make them. Uh, Rudy Gay finishes with 11 points, uh, like I mentioned, 25% shooting from the floor, three offensive rebounds, two assists, three turnovers. Again, the big thing for Gay here was six of eight from the free throw line. He needs to keep that aggression up um, going forward in the series uh, to really, uh, you know, if he's not having a good shooting night, that's a way to keep himself effective. And then, of course, the the, the man of the night was Derek White, 36 points, 71% shooting from the floor, five of six from the free throw line, five assists, three steals, one block, one turnover only. So... Uh, you know, when you go back and watch um, Denver, you know, one thing you know is they're going to definitely um, have White higher, I guess, on their scouting report in terms of the playmakers for the Spurs. But the hard thing about planning for him and trying to, you know, try to devise a game plan for him is that he's not really the Spurs' go-to option on offense. It's, you know, if you, if you watch all his, a lot of his, his points in the paint from yesterday, from the, from, the, from, the, from the game three, a lot of his on secondary action, what I, what I mean by that is that it's either like on a DeMar-initiated pick-and-roll or one-on-one play where he, DeMar ends up kicking to Derek and the defense is kind of scrambling, they're not set, and so Derek's able to penetrate and get into the teeth of the defense and make something happen at the rim. Also, a lot of his a lot of his plays in the secondary action came off LaMarcus Aldridge post-up. So again, there's LaMarcus you know, you know, dribbling in the post. Denver might send a little double team at him, so then he kicks it around, the ball moves, it gets to Derek's hands. And instead of Derek taking a three, he's actually analyzing, you know, do I have a, do I have a chance to get to the rim? And he takes that opportunity. Something he mentioned about why he was so aggressive was because he says that in the first two games, he's noticed that Denver has kind of bluffed was his specific words. The words bluffed in terms of showing at the rim. So, so the big guys, you know, Jokic, Millsap, Plumlee, they're showing there at the rim when a Spurs guy tries to drive or specifically Derek, but they weren't actually committing to it. They weren't actually putting their full body there or they weren't going to actually commit to that. And so the Spurs, so, so Derek saw that and he just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to basically make them, I'm going to basically uh, try to attack them every time. So every time he, he went to the rim, he said he was going to try to finish. He was going to go in there aggressive. And so that was the case. I mean, when, when he put Jokic in, in, in a switch on the pick and roll, he really had any, he, he got to do anything he wanted, whether it was a layup or even a, a mid-range jumper. So Jokic has a tough time guarding him. I think that's going to see a rise in Derek's confidence to attack him. When Millsap dropped on him, um, you know, he didn't attack it as much in the first half, but in the second half, you know, especially in the open court, he really went at Millsap. So he really feels, in, in my opinion, that, that he's able to get, you know, to the rim against this defense right now. So, so we'll see what the Nuggets do to adjust to him. But like I said, it won't be easy for Denver because... Derek isn't the guy who's usually running a lot of pick and roll for the Spurs. He's scoring a lot of these plays either in the open court, which is created by the Spurs' defense, or uh, in a secondary action because the Spurs do still run the majority of their plays for LaMarcus and DeMar. So, so we'll see exactly you know how much how how impactful Derek can can continue playing. And you know, one thing I mentioned before the series, I know I picked Denver in seven. And and what you're seeing is that you know one thing I wrote in my my series prediction um, for Project Spurs was that. 
on paper, you know, I have to take Denver just because of what, what, what we've seen from San Antonio. They're an inconsistent defense on the road. And also, while Derek White is the one player who can go to another level, you know, we don't know if he can do it night in, night out. So far in the series and why the Spurs are up 2-1 is because they, they did play a good defensive game on the road. And also, Derek has definitely gone to another level. So again, if he continues playing at this at this level, um, Spurs have a really good chance to, to, to win this series still, even though they're the seventh seed. Um now let's look at um, something I want to comment on. Some some areas to watch for the Spurs. If you're the Spurs, is more they need more production from the bench. Um, you know, Davis Bertans his his minutes have really been limited. He only played about six minutes in this game. The minute he made a defensive mistake, Coach Pop pulled him, um, and that was kind of it. He just really hasn't. I don't know if it's Pop's trust in him on the defensive end of the series where he just doesn't. I don't know if it's it's the it's the size issue that the fact that Denver plays Jokic and Plumlee and Millsap and those three guys are always out on the court. Uh, one you know some version of all three of those players are usually on the court should I say for Denver so I don't know if Pop is just not you know he just doesn't like what he's seen from from Bertans maybe he can't guard Millsap one-on-one there's there's, there's something there why Pop's just it mainly goes back to the defensive end why Bertans is not getting any minutes so um you know with Bertans out that puts a lot more emphasis on, on Patty Mills and Marco Bellinelli and Rudy Gates to be you know a, as productive as they can when when they're in the game but that's not been the case right now in the series when Marco Bellinelli's on the floor the Spurs are a minus 2.9 points per 100. When he's off the floor, they're a plus 7.8. When Rudy Gay's on the floor, the Spurs are a minus 8.7 points per 100. When he's off the floor, they're a plus 18.7. And then lastly, the player statistically who's playing the worst of this group is Patty Mills. When he's on the floor, um, the Spurs are a minus 13.9 points per 100. When he's off the floor, the Spurs are a plus 15.5. And something that Denver's done well is they really haven't let Patty get any shots. I mean, three-point shots, should I say. He's only taken one out of three three-pointers in the series so again they're doing a great job of not letting patty shoot and that's kind of what he's out there for to do uh, is, is you know be, be a threat from the outside but denver's not even letting him take any shots from the outside now and then on the flip side you got you got beasley and you got morris who are just shredding the spurs deep the spurs second unit so again that's something to watch if you're san antonio is the fact that um you know their benches really isn't playing well so, so they need to see an increase there if they want to try to win the series uh, something that I noted that Pop did differently in this game was he staggered the minutes of, of Derek White and DeRozan. So he, he made sure to try to have one of those two guys on the floor at all times. Um, obviously, the stats do show, though, that when it was Derek, when he was on the floor, the Spurs were able to, to, to play better because there was a stretch there. DeRozan was part of that, that 16-0 run by Denver in the second quarter where he was still on the floor, DeRozan, but when he's even having a tough time scoring or, or creating for others, uh, and, and you already know he's a minus defender, um, it's tough for for San Antonio to, to be that impactful. So again, it, it really, you know, honestly, it just comes down to having Derek on the floor. He's that crucial for the Spurs. And, and you're kind of seeing that with pops rotations in terms of not taking him out too much. And then also, um, you know, you know, making sure that, that he, that he's, he's on the floor usually, especially to start the fourth quarter. Um, that was crucial for San Antonio. Um, now going forward to, to game four, um, you know, things have turned a little bit. If you're looking at Las Vegas, bookmaker.edu, they, they basically have the Spurs favored now to win the series, even though they're the seventh seed. Uh, Jacob Goldstein of, of B-Ball Index, he has, he has a, 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 um, a, a projection model, statistical projection model, where he runs like 10,000 simulations with the most updated stats uh, of the series and the season. And now the Spurs, the seven-seeded Spurs, have a 52, 58, should I say, 58% chance of winning the series. So now the Spurs are the favorites to win. The most likely outcome by his model is Spurs in six at 39.9%, should I say. Um, and then also, if that doesn't happen, well, then Denver in seven is the next likely model, um, 30.4% uh, to win the series in seven. Uh, there's an 18% chance the Spurs could actually wrap this up in five. So if, so if they can get 
you know, game four on Saturday, San Antonio, then they then they head back to Denver 3-1, a place that they have won before. And really the Spurs, you know, they've been the better team of the series so far, you know, through four, through three games. They, they've been the better team. They've won eight out of the 12 quarters. Uh, and you could look at it through two different lenses. I mean, in, in game two, maybe they were just that much better. The fact that they were up by 19 twice and, and maybe it just took like a, like a, like a, like a really good comeback by Denver to come back and win that. Or, you know, cause really just game three kind of separates those two teams in terms of, you know, cause game one was pretty close. Then game two, you know, Denver did have to make that, 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 that comeback there at the end. But, uh, you know, game three was really all about San Antonio outside of that second quarter. They really just had control of that game um, throughout the night. So, so we'll see what happens in, in game four. It should be tipping off at 4.30 um, p.m. Um, San Antonio time. Uh, so for ProjectSpurs.com, I am Paul Garcia. Thank you. Have a great day.